uh, in providing the finances for the roofs of these buildings and so uh, bring the gospel to areas where the gospel is not boldly uh, preached or where people have not been really reached with the good news of God's grace. Now the strategy that we using is as follows. I, um, like we said, we built this drill rig and we go to an area and find a local church that welcomes the grace message and as they then have people from nearby villages that walk long distances to their uh, church, we would then go to a village, that nearby village, which might be, let's say, five miles in the thick sand or whatever it would be, and we would go there and drill a well and sponsor the roof of a building. Uh, it would just be a mud hut, uh, or like I say mud hut, a mud structure building. Um, that is, I mean, they do last a long time, but we put a corrugated iron sheet roof on it, which helps a lot in having church there, especially with the massive rains they have there in their rain season, as well as uh, people, it, it stops people from setting churches on fire. Because if, you, if they've got thatch roofs, uh, you know, just some naughty kids come and for the fun of it, burn down these buildings. So uh, that's why we donate that. So we will be going up, drilling a well, and this is the strategy. We drill and then the evening, before the well is drilled and the evening after that, we will be showing the Jesus film and preaching the gospel of God's grace. People will receive Jesus and then that following Sunday, we will have our first service in the uh, building that is already then there. So at this moment, they are constructing a, one building and the walls will be finished. Hopefully everything works out the way we planned. But the walls will be finished and the uh, trusses and everything will be up by the time we get there. And then just the iron sheets will be put on during that week. And then on the Sunday, we have our first service in, the, um, in, that, in that church. So drill a well, show the Jesus film, lead people to Jesus, and then have our first service that Sunday. Aubrey, my oldest son, and I will be going together and we want to do... To at least two of those um, church plants or uh, well drilling church plants. I don't know what you would call it. Uh, so, yeah, that's what we're going to do. If you want to be involved in any form or fashion in this, maybe in future you want to come or you want to sponsor one of those wells, please feel free to contact our office. Uh, just do it via the website. All the information would be there. Vertibrits.com or dynamicministries.com just click on contact us uh, it would be wonderful for me to in future take people there and just let them experience what it is to go into a remote area and uh, preach the gospel see people receive jesus it is very what i would call unadulterated there's no church politics involved in going to those deep remote areas. It is just a place where you preach the gospel, you get the feeling of walking back in time, bringing the message of grace, seeing people being saved, and so forth. Now that is a project that we would uh, love to do annually, reaching out to people in the Western Zambia area. Well, glory to God. I just wanted to announce that. The, I promised that I would show you guys a video on how far we are with Drill Rig. I've uploaded it onto my Facebook account. But in this week, we will uh, just drill a test hole and I will upload a video uh, where I show how everything works. 
glory to God. Well, let's get right into the word. Uh, our custom is to have communion together, but today we're not going to have communion. I'm going to get right into the message. What I'm going to talk about today is how to boast as a Christian or what is boasting as Christians. Now we're going to look at uh, the slides there, slide number two, and I'm going to read Romans 4 and 5 to you. Romans 4 verse 1 and 2 and then Romans 5 uh, verses 1 to 5 and verse 11. Here we go. What shall we say then that Abraham our father is pertaining to the flesh as found? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has whereof to glory, but not before God. He's got something to boast about, but not before God. Therefore, chapter 5 verse 1, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, and we rejoice or we glory in the hope of the glory of God. And not so only, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation works patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. Hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. And then verse 11, we skip six verses there, and it says, And not only so, but we joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Now, when we talk about uh, Romans chapter 5, and we're going through Romans verse by verse, now I must say, uh, deciding to go through Romans verse by verse was um, in the beginning a wonderful I was so excited to share all of this but as I got along doing this I realized how difficult it is to do that because there is so much history that we need to get into and on the Sunday messages uh, you know we ju I don't want it just to be boring deep the theological teaching which get into so much detail that people feel they cannot apply it to everyday life but that puts that has placed me in a place where I can just open my heart and say God thank you that I can minister this in a way that it is um, interesting to people and they can really learn something from this uh, theological uh, 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 historic understanding of the scriptures that is applicable to them today now when we look at our own lives many times we look at things when it goes well with us and we feel man God is with us and we want to boast but when things don't go that well we find that we don't know what to say we are really in a in a difficult time uh, we're going through situations that man, we don't exactly know what to say about these things now I would like to explain boasting in the context of how it was seen by uh, the by the Jews now if we look at uh, the next slide there we're going to look at the concept of boasting according to the Jews and the Gentiles what is what is boasting boasting was let's read Ephesians 2 11 wherefore remember that you being in times past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by them that are called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands that at that time you were without Christ. Now listen carefully. This is now the condition of the Gentiles. You were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. You see there also Jews were righteous, being Abraham's seed, 
of circumcision because they were circumcised as a sign that they are children of Abraham. They felt that that was part of their righteousness of being Israelites, this, uh, um, the descendants of Abraham, having the law, that put them in a little bit of a higher category there, having God as their God and that they had their knowledge of him and their knowledge, that great knowledge of him. Okay, now, the point I'm trying to make here is that the Jewish people of that time boasted in the fact that God was their God. They boasted in the fact that God was their God and not the God of all people. They boasted in the fact that they were the descendants of Abraham and that God made Abraham a promise and that that promise shall now be fulfilled to them, Abraham's seed. God then said that I'm going to give you a sign that you are, that the promise was made to you and that sign was then circumcision. So they boasted in the fact that they were of the uh, descendants of Abraham, that f physical circumcision was theirs, that they are Israelites, that are of a sp specific nation that called themselves the son of God. God says, you know, in the scripture it was written that Israel is my son. So they said, we are an eternal nation. We are God's son. We are born of God as a nation. We were a nothing. And then God brought us forth. And we are the nation that has the oracles of God. We've got the, um, we are in the right lineage. Our flesh makes us special because because we are Israelites and the promise were made to Israel, it means that the fact that I am an Israelite makes me righteous for the blessing. It, it qualifies me for the blessings. That is what, uh, what these people were saying. And then they boasted that they had the law. And the other people, they had man-made laws. But the Israelites believed they had God's law the advice that comes from God. And then they would believe that the Gentiles is what they would inherit. They're going to inherit all the Gentiles and then they will be a light unto the nations on how it looks when you are under the blessings of God. And that's what they boasted in. They boasted in the fact that God was their God, that they had the law, that they were of a specific tribe. That's what they boasted in. And if we go and read Romans, uh, that boasting plays a massive role in what Paul was trying to communicate. The, whenever you read about boasting or rejoicing or joying, those are all the same Greek words. We're going to still look at that. What Paul was referring to many times was, and what he was addressing, was the system wherein people felt that they were God's people under the law. And since they were already God's chosen and righteous in their flesh by being Jews, and then unto them was given the law, look how good we are. God has given us the law. We know what to do. We know how to serve God. You guys don't even know. You worship dead gods. Your God is no God, but we have got the true God. That was what was going on. And then when Jesus Christ came, what did he do? He entered into the death of both Jew and Gentile. He ended this division between Jew and Gentile, brought one new man before God, which was just humans. He entered into their sin and death and then was raised from the dead 
offering himself as the Messiah of all people, thus bringing forth a system where there was no more boasting in the flesh, uh, where the Jews could not say that we are special as a nation. Now, I know you might say, Bertie, you're hammering on an anti-Semitic uh, slant here and you should be careful of what you say. Listen, man, I'm preaching through Romans verse by verse here. And that is what Paul is addressing here. So what must I say? If you have an issue with saying that Israel is not a special nation as a special people by the flesh, giving them some righteousness, you need to take this up with God, with the Lord Jesus Christ, and with the apostles, and with the writings in the Bible, and explain why God is wrong in what he said, why Jesus was wrong in saying that both Jew and Gentile are both sinners, that there's no salvation by the flesh, and that uh, no flesh shall be justified before God uh, by the power of the flesh. We need to take that up with God. I'm preaching the truth in its context as the scripture declares here, and I want to bring that to you, because as you understand this, you'll start to see how uh, we as the church, to a certain degree, has brought over some of the old ways of doing into Christianity, and we've got a kind of a chip on our shoulder to a certain degree because we are the special people. Listen, all people are the people of God. All people, Jew, Gentile, saved, unsaved, whosoever. God became the sin. Jesus became the sin of all, conquered the sin of all. We who are experiencing the Holy Spirit and the life of the Holy Spirit, we are those who have called upon what God has brought for all people. No person can make his boast in the flesh, yet us as Christians can boast in a certain thing. We, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about that, and that will give us a good understanding of Romans there. Now, let us go to... Um, okay, let me first summarize what I am saying. What I'm saying is that Paul in Romans, especially the first chapters up to 10, is really beating down the system wherein your identity is in Jewish flesh. He's beating that down, he's destroying that, he's ending that system. And he's showing that you are not special because, you, because of your flesh. And he basically sides a lot with the Gentiles and shows that they are also included in, in having the Messiah of the Jews, which the Jews said was their Messiah, basically as the Messiah of all people. And that God has always been the God of all people. Uh, but that the Jewish system was only there and the law was only there to show that man by his own ability cannot save himself. Uh, and the Jews was chosen to bring the message that, look at us, we've tried, um, we are the vessels of dishonor, showing that we cannot by our own life, own works, bring honor to ourselves, even if we know exactly what to do and we implement our own ability. We cannot do it. Uh, and then he comes and he uses this boasting thing, and he starts in uh, boasting then should be seen as finding your identity in being a Jew and then uh, bringing that, uh, mentioning that, thinking that you are now special because of flesh. Uh, okay, now, um, this 
boasting thing, Paul is now making an end of that in what he says. And he's saying, I want to actually tell you how we as Christians now boast. We are not boasting anymore because we are of a certain ethnic group or a certain tribe or tongue or anything like that. We're not boasting in the law. We are not boasting that we are of the stock of Israel. We're not boasting in that we, we are now the light of other nations. We're boasting in none of those things, but there are three things that we do boast in, and of which one of that is the hope of the resurrection. That's what Paul is trying to communicate, showing how weak man is in his own ability, but that we can boast in what God gives and does towards us. Now, in slide three, I want to, um, oh, sorry, we're going to slide four, Paul and boasting. Romans 3.26, it says, To declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just, and the justifier of him which believes in Jesus. Okay, so what is Paul saying? He is saying that I've come to declare unto you at this time his righteousness, that he might be just, and the justifier of him which believes in Jesus. Now, let me explain that. What he is saying is, we are not here to declare the righteousness of Judaism. We are not here to declare the righteousness of the law. We are not here to declare the righteousness of certain people groups. Sadly, and you know I've mentioned it many times, and there's a massive uh, flow and a wave towards uh, still honoring Israel as an ethnic group and thinking that they are special as a certain people and God has got a covenant with their flesh with them as a people and then think that from there uh, we as Gentiles should bless Abraham and we should bless the descendants the, the Jewish descendants um, or the descendants of Abraham and so there is beside the cross and all the blessings and the resurrection the blessing there's just something special that's lingering around that and we bless Israel and we go to Israel and we do all those things well I'm not saying you should speak bad about the Jews not at all let us not speak bad about any person who God has made because God made man in his image so we love people all people groups but I do believe that as Paul comes and he reveals what he's revealing in Romans, especially if you also go to Galatians, you'll find that he's saying, listen man, if you cannot see this and you still continue on that old way, as what a lot of the church is going about today, uh, you are falling from grace, man. You are falling from what God is doing and what he has done in Jesus Christ. You are being bewitched by people saying that the things of the old is not completely done and instead of going and utterly destroying the old things in saying that it is finished God has made a new thing they bring over some of the old into the new and according to Galatians that's got a bewitching effect on a human's mind where you lose your mind now I don't have time to go and teach on Galatians 3.1 now but Paul says <laughs> O oh, foolish Galatians, O oh, you that have lost your minds, who has bewitched you? Then he refers to 1 Samuel 15 verse 23 onwards, where there was a bewitching effect on people by saying we're going to take some of the goats from the 
heathen that was supposed to be destroyed and we're going to bring some of that over to make sacrifices unto God. We're taking still some of the old, bringing it into the new thing that God was going to do under the uh, pretense of a sacrifice unto God. And uh, we know what happened there. Well, it's called like witchcraft. It's called the bewitching. It's called evil. It's called iniquity and so forth. And we find the same thing today. So many times we want to honor that and think that by doing those special extra things as Christians, there's some gateway to an anointing or whatever. Not many would believe this, uh, but we don't need many to believe something in order for it to be true. It just has to be true, even if nobody believes it. Uh, but I tell you now, go and study the scriptures in its context and you will see what I'm trying to tell you here. Right, Romans uh, 3.27 then. Let's read verse 26. It says, To declare, I say unto you, at this time, his righteousness. Not how righteous you need to be, how righteous he is, that he might be just, and the justifier of them, or him that believes in Jesus. We can see he says, it's not about your righteousness, it's about how righteous he is, in order to bring you salvation. Then the very next verse, Paul comes to this conclusion. Where is boasting then? It's excluded. By what law? Of works? No. By the law of faith. Okay, so what is Paul saying? Paul is saying that the moment we are not declaring the righteousness of man anymore, but how righteous Jesus is to bring forth salvation, how qualified he is to give us eternal life. The righteousness of Jesus was easily seen. It was in his resurrection and in who he is right now. How righteous or how in perfect condition to distribute life to people who trust him is Jesus. If I talk about the righteousness of Jesus, I'm going to say he is as he ought to be in order to be the savior of dying sinful humanity to preserve their lives. What gives him that condition is the fact that he is above death, above sin, as he ought to be before the Father, flooded with the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And we're going to declare his righteousness so that he can be just, that he can be the one that distributes justice, and that he would also justify, meaning giving eternal life, I preached about this the last three weeks, giving eternal life, to those who believe upon him. We can also say, we're going to declare not how righteous you must be by the works of the law. We're going to declare how righteous he is and how he is qualified and in full power to justify you with the very same life that he has free from your works. So we're not preaching our own righteousness. We are preaching how righteous he is, how qualified he is. So many times we want to be righteous by our works, qualified by our works. But here it says, Paul says, no, we're going to, Romans 3, we're preaching about his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of them which believe. And this immediately begs the question, so what about boasting? What about the, this whole boasting thing where people would say, God is our God. God is, 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 has made us a special nation. You know, um, <laughs> Uh, so many times we still think God does that. He's got the special covenant with the special nation. That's rubbish. That's, that was old covenant wherein God 
made a covenant with Israel, saying, through them I will bring the Messiah, which was Jesus, which he did. And he said, I will be a light to the nations through Israel, or the Israelites. And he brought forth a man from them, because he could not have one that was naturally good enough. Therefore, he made his promise to brought forth the faithful servant Jesus, and through him brought life. Uh, but let me not get too technical about these things. Uh, when we look at boasting, Paul says, where is boasting then? It's excluded. Now, if we say boasting is excluded, it means there is no more thing where you can feel special because you're of the seed of Abraham, according to slide three there, of circumcision, of being an Israelite, of having the law, having God as your only, as your God, and that only you have the knowledge of him. Where um, we cannot now say that there are a people group that is without Christ, that's aliens of the commonwealth of Israel, that are strangers from the covenants, that has no hope or that's without God in the world. There is no such a people anymore. Boasting is excluded. By what law? By the law of faith. Because the law of faith says it is by trusting how righteous he is and how able he is. It's not by you being able. It's by believing he is able. That is what he is, what all of this boils down to. Now, when we read um, Romans 5, we come that, and especially in verse 2, Romans 5 2 says, by whom we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation works patience. Okay, so that is the thing that bothers a lot of us. Tribulation works patience. What is all of that about? We will see in the scripture, which we're going to read, that Paul says he rejoiced in difficult times, because when he was in difficult times, he just says, well, I see my inability. I see how I am not righteous unto eternal life by my works. But this fact that I have, I see some weakness in me, in my own inability. Maybe you've, I don't think this was the exact case with Paul, but when I can just use out of my own life or you can think of something yourself. You maybe lose your temper or you get upset or something like that and you act in a way where you thought that you're going to act by your own power in a good way and you find that it doesn't work out. What do you do? You just rejoice in your weakness. You're saying, well, I know that I'm weak, but I'm trusting in the one that is not weak. So in this time, it works patience. It basically brings you to a place where you continually trust in him because you are beholding that you cannot do it by your own power. Every day there's something in your life that you can look at where you're going to see, by my own power, I cannot do that. And when we see that thing where we, we cannot do it by our own power, this is how we boast in our weakness. We are boasting and saying, well, I just want to say, if there's something I can say about myself, it is that I cannot do it by my own works. Paul says he is rejoicing in his weaknesses. He is saying, I am boasting. There's something that I can say I really have. Maybe you as a Jewish nation back then, you would refer to say that you are special in your flesh, that you're special because you have the law, that you're special because all these things. Paul would say, listen, man, let me tell you something about the law. If I must boast about the law, I will say this. I cannot do it. I cannot do the law. It's pertaining to the law. I cannot do the law. It's pertaining to my own strength. 
I cannot do it. And I boast in that. I'm saying that is what I have by my own ability. But I also believe in the one who is able, that has given me a promise that he will glorify me. Not because I am a special people group, but because he has the power to save weak people. So I glory in my weakness, and I glory, and I boast in him. Now, Elena, I want us to go to the last slide, slide seven, and let us just look at this. Um, that I can talk about this thing about rejoicing. It says, Romans 5, 1. It says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have access by faith into the grace wherein we stand and rejoice, now, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce that correctly. It's kauchaiomai or something like that. Uh, that is the Greek word, therefore, rejoice. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Then verse 3, and not only so, but we also glory. The, that word rejoice and glory is the same Greek word, which is then used for the word boast as well. Then we see verse 5 there and we are not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit verse 11 and not only so but we also joy or boast in God so we find three things look at verse 2 there they boast that's the Greek word there boast in the glory of God they Paul boasted in his weaknesses and then he also uh, boasted in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So he boasted saying this, I want to boast. If I boast, I boast in this. I don't boast in saying that I'm special by my own power. I boast in this, is that I have the hope of eternal life by God. And if I want to say something about myself, I'm boasting in this, that I can do nothing right by my own power. I cannot attain unto that. I'm weak by my own power. And as I'm weak, and I know that I'm weak by my own power, according to the law, I will just trust in the one that has promised me eternal life. So I boast in the fact that I have the hope of bodily resurrection. I boast in that. I want to say, man, I've got the hope of bodily resurrection. Okay, so what makes you so special to have that? Nothing. Okay, so what do you boast then in? Verse 11, I joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So how does Paul boast as a Christian? He boasts in saying, I boast, I have the hope of the resurrection. So what makes you so special that you can know that you'll have this? There's nothing in my flesh that I can say that, that can bring this forth. I, I, if I must boast, Okay, Paul, you say you have the resurrection, so what makes you, that's what the Jews would have said. Well, we've got the promise of the inheritance. Why? Why would you say you have that to the Jews? Jews would have said, well, because I'm a Jew and I'm circumcised. So, Paul, you say you have the hope of the resurrection. You, you boast in that. Yeah. Why? What special do you have? No, no, I boast in the fact that I am nothing. And that I cannot do it by my own ability. That's what I boast in. I don't understand. So where's the foundation from where you can know that you will have this? No, I'm boasting in God. That through Jesus, God had right to bring forth a man righteous enough to save a person that doesn't have life by his own works. 
That is what he is saying. He hopes in the, he's got the hope of the glory of God. That's what he boasts in. He says, I boast. Um, let me read you the Greek word for, for the word boast there. Slide six. It says there, here's the Greek, and you'll see in the top there, I said rejoice equals glory equals joy. In the Greek, I should have said equals boast, because that's all the very same Greek word. It simply means to make boast, to glory, to joy, or to rejoice. This can be in a good or a bad sense. Okay, so what is Paul saying? I'm going to end this message with this, because this is all that I'm, I, I want to bring over. He was saying, the Jews boasted in the fact that God was their God. Now, as Christians, we're not boasting in the fact that saying God is just our God as a special people group. No, we are saying God is the God of both Jew and Gentile. And that the promise God made was to both Jew and Gentile. And that Jesus was crucified in the Gentiles as well, or amongst the Gentiles, or for the Gentiles as well, according to Galatians 3 verse 1 and 2. So, we cannot boast to say God's only our God. No, there is only one God, and He is the God of all people. So we can't boast in that. But what did the Jews boast in? They boasted in the fact that God was now their God. They boasted in the fact that they were of the seed of Abraham. But we as Christians, we cannot boast in the fact that we are of a certain ethnic group. We cannot even boast that we have the law. Because we cannot even do the law. Um, we cannot even boast that we are saying we know how to do everything right and be a light unto the Gentiles by how we apply the law. We, we, we can't. So as Christians, what do we boast in? We are boasting in the fact that God made a promise of eternal life unto us. We boasting and saying, we as humans, we have the hope of the resurrection. We have believed upon him to bring it forth. Now, if you believe him and how righteous he is to bring it forth, what will you then boast in? Well, the only thing that I can boast in is in the fact that he made, made this promise to all of us. Okay, what foundation do you have then by your own ability? Well, no, I don't only boast in the fact that I have this hope. I boast in the fact that I don't even have the ability to do anything right unto it by my own power. I've got only weakness by my own power. I've got tribulation. I'm a cast out in the eyes of people. Uh, you know, Paul was beaten in jail. I think some of his letters he was writing cuffed saying, stand in the freedom that Christ has made you free kind of a thing, you know. Um, it is, Paul was writing from weakness saying, my own ability, I cannot do it. But if I want to boast, I boast in God through what he accomplished in Jesus. So I want to say, this is how I boast as a Christian. I boast. And today I want to boast in front of everybody. I want to say, I have the hope of eternal life. So what makes you so special that you can have the hope of eternal life? What righteous thing do you have according to Judaism and the law? None. And I boast in that. So I'm boasting that I have the promise of eternal life as a person that has none of my own abilities by, and I boast in God, who through Christ could get it right to bless me with that. And that is true about you as well. Glory to God. Now, let's end this off and make this practical.
So many times we want to boast that we are the people of God when everything just goes right. Paul goes on, and I have not read that verse. Maybe I should do that. Let, let me do that. I want to read that quickly. I forgot to read that passage in, um, in Corinth, Corinthians. Um, this is in 2 Corinthians 11. Look at what Paul says here, and, and let me end, end this, summarize this. We so many times want to boast when things go well, and we have gotten this right and that right and all those things, but Paul doesn't do that. He realizes that when I'm weak, and I don't see myself as special by what I accomplish, then I'm actually strong, because if I've got the hope of eternal life, why would I have that hope? Only by God and not my own power. And that, that is a strong place to be because you're not resting on your own ability. Second Corinthians 11.30, slide 5. It says, if I need to glory or boast, this is the same word that we've used in Romans 5, I will glory in the things which concern my infirmities. Although I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. For I will say the truth, but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he sees of me or have heard of me. Now he says, I don't want people to think anything more about me than what you've now heard. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations, there was given unto me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. This is not someone God sent, but someone the Jews sent and was making havoc of the church and Paul couldn't boast in what he has accomplished by preaching and how many churches he started and everything because wherever he would start something uh, it would close down if Paul would get on a ship the thing would sink if Paul go into a town they'd rob him he was not going through good times but he was saying in all those things man look at me I am a person, I go and preach, but it seems to me as if I don't have the ability to even keep these churches to believe in the truth. Look at me, when I go to a place, they grab me and they beat me. It doesn't seem to me as I really walk in the honor of people as some other preachers do. When they get into a place, they are the big apostles and all that, but me, I'm just a weak apostle. I'm not even honored by people when I when I win people to the Lord and they get saved and their lives gets changed and the big shots apostles come later on they just kick me out and don't even uh, obey anything I'm saying anymore I would give all of my money to win them to the Lord and then when the other preachers come they charge these people money and they will give to them and not even love on me anymore I, I don't know, as pertaining to my own works, I'm just nothing, it seems to me. That's the kind of an idea that Paul, Paul had about who he was in his own ability. And he says, um, and lest I should be exalted above measure, these, this, this messenger of Satan was given. Paul was saying, people saw that church was going to grow too much, and then they sent people to mess up whatever um, I'm doing. And then it goes on. Um, and he says in verse 8, For this thing I besought the Lord three times, that it may depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. This is what he says in Romans 5, the very same thing. He says, well, we are even rejoicing in our inabilities, because as we know our inability, because all of us have that, it's not as if 
you must now start to go through difficult times. We all know what our inabilities are. He says, listen, if I want to think about myself and what I can accomplish by my own works, I would rather think of what I cannot get right. That's what he's saying. So that I could never be at a place where I trust my own power, but where I trust the God who has promised me eternal life. So now I rejoice in the fact that I've got this wonderful promise. I rejoice in the fact that I cannot do it by my own power. And I rejoice in the God who got it right to take a weak, to take a man, Jesus, and save weak people by that man. And by standing in that, I'm very strong. I'm flooded with the fruit of the Spirit. Glory to God. That is what Paul was saying there. Verse 9, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power might be of Christ, uh, that it might rest on me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. So he doesn't say, I listen, sometimes we read this wrong. We think that he takes pleasure in being persecuted for the gospel. Now that was one thing which was also true. But he says, whenever I see a, my own weakness, then I say, man, I'm weak by my own power and I cannot do it. Therefore, I only trust in him. And that's the context. He's saying, whenever he sees a weakness, then he let that be a reminder to him that he cannot do it by himself. If any form of weakness would manifest in him, even if they would rob him, even if something bad would happen. He would say, well, I cannot perfectly uh, protect myself, but my trust is that God perfectly protects me. Makes me think of when Quibus Talyard that visited our church this morning. Uh, they're going to drive up to, I think, the uh, northern parts of South Africa. And he's 86 years old. Then he gets in his car and he drives... Uh, almost a thousand miles non-stop. Um, him and his wife. And we said, and Elena said to him, Mkubis, now be safe. He said, man, even if we, if we come or if we go, we are safe. So what he was talking about is, I'm safe in Christ. True safety is not found in how safe I drive, but in the fact that my life is safe preserved forever in Christ and by that he acknowledged his weakness I can make a mistake you know I, I might make an accident who knows but one thing I do know is that I am strong in him my he has come to preserve my life forever and that's the kind of boasting that we can have so I end off with this how do we boast we boast in the fact that we have the promise of eternal life made unto sinners who did God promise eternal life? Who did, who did God promise a child in Abraham's time? He promised a person who was worshipping false gods, Abraham. He promised him that he will bring forth an heir from, his, from Sarah's womb. And he who believes that God can justify the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. So God came and promised the ungodly. What? Godliness. Eternal life. So we boast that we have the promise of eternal life. So by what basis can you say you have that? Nothing of my own. And I boast that I in myself cannot do it. And I also boast in God who made it possible through Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.
So I want to say to you, never let your circumstances be a voice about you. Just say, well, when we see these things that don't seem to work out, we know that we have a God that made a promise to people that cannot do it by their own power. And his righteousness is all that's needed for salvation, not our own. And his righteousness makes us right as we simply believe upon him. Amen and amen. Let us pray together. Father, I want to thank you so much that I can stretch forth my hands to everybody that's watching and declare to them that you are made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus by God's doing and not your own. Father, I declare to everyone that is watching that they are loved by you. That when they see their weakness, that they can say, I should never trust my own ability to be righteous. But I trust you. I boast in you. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for watching and I'm looking forward to sending you guys that video of our first um, where we're going to do the test hole. We're going to drill just a bit into the ground seeing uh, if the machine works. I hope everything will be fine. If it's fine, we will be very happy. If it is not fine, we need to change some things on it. Glory to God. That is not a voice to us. Just some stuff that needs to be sorted out. That's all. I see you then later this week. God loves you. God bless. Yeah.